Okay, is it recording now? Yes, it is recording now. Bruce, can you can you enlighten us with sound? Sound is a wonderful thing that if you did not have, you would not hear. Consider yourself enlightened. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce and the Yang. Hello, future people, and you're listening to episode five of Getting Tabled with your host, the Bruce. Hello. And I am I am the George. That doesn't sound as right as the Bruce. Um, welcome on this uh, October sixth episode. Oh wait, no, Bruce has it backwards. This this June sixth episode. Of, of not Getting my Tabled. problem that the Americans write their dates backwards. We do not. Everyone just chooses to be different from us. I can't argue that you drive on the wrong side of the road because technically you started first. But I can argue about the dates because dates have existed longer than your country. It's a stupid argument, but I can I can stand on this hill and die on it. I, I, I will I will back your argument about driving on the wrong side of the road because if you look at the countries that drive on the right versus the countries that drive on the left, we are in the greater number of countries of that drive on the side of the road we drive on. Yeah, like I said, I can't argue that one. Somewhere there is a Facebook group where stupid things to pick a hill and die on. Like the whole point of the group is to argue in favor of something that's completely moronic. I need to find this group and have this argument on there. Okay. Well, in the meantime, in the meantime, I actually do have some historical references to why people in the UK and by by default uh, Australia, uh, why you guys drive on the side of the road you drive on? Isn't um, yes, I think I know this. Uh, it's because that's the way that the horse and carts used to be, right? No, close. It does involve horses. In America, we drive on the right hand side of the road. Therefore, our right hand right hand is on the right. And so, when you're on a horse, your right hand would be on the right. Driving on the left side of the road. Your your right hand is in the middle then, and so when you would ride past a rival or something like that, you could reach around and smack their horse on the rear end with their with your dominant hand. I love everything about this. This is amazing. No, I no, don't care th- if it's fictional, but this is amazing. No, this is one of the, the, the solid reasonings I heard as to why traffic was on the left-hand side of the road in the UK is for to torment people by smacking their horse. <laughs> I so want to find out if this is true or not. This is this is brilliant. Can you think of something that is actually more logical and makes more sense than doing something like that? Because let's be honest, uh, of all the countries in the world, the UK, America, and Australia, we do things for fairly juvenile reasons. Like changing the spelling of words because um, screw the people that made the English language up? It's yeah, gray in the UK is spelled with an E because it's England. So we decided, well, no, we're going to spell it with an A because of America. Let's see. America. I still don't get why you guys spell it T Y R E instead of T I R E though. As in tire. Yeah, in the UK they spell they spell they spell tire with a Y instead of an I. Anyways, we are horribly digressing at this point. (laughs) Just a tad. In saying um, that, though, 
Um, in saying that, though, if you're listening to this, thanks I for tuning in again. We wise. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, if you, if you are listening to this, thank you again for uh, tuning in and listening to uh, the latest, greatest episode of Getting Tabled. Uh, I, I, I will have to say it, it's been happening, but uh, we're getting, a, you know, a like here and a like there, you know, building the community. We, we appreciate the support. Uh, we, are, we are doing what we can when uh, life will allow us to uh, – give to the community and we do like it when the community does give back to us by well paying attention to us look at me look at me and we can do that with our clothes on yes we can nobody can see us anyway at the moment so it doesn't matter that's true i have a funny story to tell you about that bruce but not while we're on uh recording <laughs> um should we get into we the have news? pg groups where we share this so it's probably a good idea not to discuss that right now yes yeah, yeah, let's yeah. get to the the news newly received or noteworthy information especially about recent or important events so contrast paints have hit the shelves uh and officially are, in australia you know, the, uh, i can order them here too uh we we're having a I don't know what heck kind of tournament it is for uh, 40k. It's some weird thing like a Highlander, or it's like you can only have one of certain type of things. You can only have one detachment of of a of a detachment type. You can't have two detachment types that are the same. It, so weird. it's like an anti spam tournament. I guess, but like certain things like troops, like you can have multiple troop units, but they have to be in the different detachments. I, I'd have to reread it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to the tournament, but it's also a contrast paint release tournament too. So, um, so this is this is interesting. It potentially negates any of the the spammy lists, but at the same time, that has the potential to overpower certain armies that are uh, more powered by being able to have everything. Right, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I mean, I could definitely see like night lists not working so well because you can only have one of this night and one of this night, which then prevents you from having three of the same night that just wrecks your face. So it's interesting. Um, that might but, potentially uh, be a problem for orcs. That's true. Um, and we have been seeing, uh, more, uh, posts from, from painters trying this out. I did see a very interesting post and I wish I could remember what group it was. I saw it in, but it was, uh, bases, uh, covered in the three different, uh, uh, basing colors. Hey, I I have an idea for you, George. Yeah. How about you open the drive? The member of the community that shared that sent it to us. Uh, where is it? There is a folder. There's a folder on the drive called Contrast Paint Tests. Oh, it was sent to us by Dave. By who? Hello, Dave. Uh, David from the UK. Uh, he also sent us the Battle for Earth stuff that we're going to talk about later. Fantastic. Well, David, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, these are the photos I was talking about, and 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 these are great photos that portray the effect based on the basing color used. So um very, very excited to see these. Um, now, I know I mentioned this in a previous episode when they were first announced. Um, the product, the contrast paint product is an acrylic ink. It's not a new product. I 
I'm not going to go as far as to say that it's not revolutionary because it's it's kind of not. We there's two other companies that released a similar product to this this year. However, the thing that you might be able to argue about it being revolutionary is it's the only one on the market that actually has a sizable range. Um, but not all of the paints are as effective as some others. But that's to be expected with certain colours anyway. Uh, I think this is going to be a godsend for yellow, though, because uh, God's uh, yellow is a horrible colour to paint. Right. And this actually makes it easier. Well, so um, I'll talk a little bit more about this in hobby time, but I can see some really great applica- applications for this with other things, and I need to let go of my talk button so I can click on the, the next. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I could see some great effects. Um, let me see if I can pull this up real quick, too, because I just saw this photo today, too. Um, this guy was testing out and experimenting with them on uh, some Stormcast Eternal sprues, and he had base-coated everything gold. So not even He's- one of the, the three colors, so not the, the gray, wraithbone, or white. Which yeah. helps me answer a question I, I was Googling the other night when I was uh, doing some stuff. Um, see if I can find it real quick. Through the powers yeah. of editing. While he's looking that up, I actually had somebody in the store um, that I go to that was testing this out last night, uh, which was gold, and they used the turquoise over it, I think. I might have the color wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it came is out as a really nice, vibrant green. It was really nice. Yeah, I think this is literally about the same line that uh, of the photo I saw today. Um, again, stand by. Ooh, actually, there's a uh, really awesome-looking uh, uh, Nurgle knight I just stumbled across, but that is not what I'm looking for. There was a lot of people playing with these last night. Um, I mean, officially, they can't be sold until Saturday, though – whether GW likes it or not, a lot of stores do sell them on the Friday night after midnight. That generally tends to happen. Uh, it didn't happen last night that I know of. I was very tempted to try buy one, but I'm holding off at the moment because I don't know what colours I want to start with. Um, I actually played around with them painting up a Stormcast Eternal, and without even really thinking about it, I've kind of painted somebody from, for those into wrestling, the Heart Foundation because it's all black and pink. Uh, I'm a big fan of the pink colour. It's actually a lot more vibrant than I expected it to be. I wasn't really sure how it would look because I wasn't really impressed with the purples. Um, but the pink I really like. It, it comes out quite nicely. The greens are really strong. Uh, the yellows as a, the yellows are going to make painting yellow a lot easier, especially for the, you. The, the, the yellows are going to be a savior to many uh, Imperial Fist players or people who want to be inferior, Imperial Fist players and are af- afraid of starting the army because they are afraid of painting yellow. Yeah, it's going to be a good way to get your basing down. For those that are wanting to do a little bit more than what this is capable of, uh, if you're new to the hobby, my suggestion would be to use this to base coat your yellow and then use your regular paints to take out your tide lines and and start bringing it up from there. Um, this is not God's answer to painting. This, this is just another way of doing it. The huge criticism we keep on seeing online is that you can't achieve 
Evie Metal or Angar Heraldes type um, quality painting with this. People need to forget that argument because that's not what this product is for. It's not what it was advertised to be. This is just to paint to make things easier and faster. Um, it, it's th This is not about th – this paint might find ways into that area, but at this particular point in time, regular painting is what will achieve you your, your golden demons. Th this is not what that is for. Right. I mean, you know, I've, I've got some unpainted Marines that will eventually become, uh, what are those called? Uh, Dark Angels. I am still going to use my angle shade with three different greens and good old null and oil wash and whatnot to achieve the armor effect I want. Now, granted, I did see someone uh, post a Space Wolf with the gray, and it is slightly yep. lighter, but is almost a spitting image of the color and what I did for the theme of my space wolves, but literally with just one coat of paint. So um, I, I do like how mine turned out better than this because it, it, it has a slightly dirtier look. There's more depth and darkness in some port, port, some parts because of how I did the, the shading and the washing. Um, I can't find it. So I can't specifically say the color of the blue, but it was uh they they painted in gold and then they used one of the the blue contrast on it and do you know what it looked like Bruce? It looked like Alpha Legion in a bottle, like straight up. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still scrolling here for it, and I, I think I'm getting closer because I'm seeing seeing some of the stuff that looks like it was close to it. But it it literally it looks like that that greenish blue of the Alpha Legion, but with different you know. The, the different, you know, kind of shades that, you know, you see from the very high-end painted Alpha Legion and just, you know, straight out of the, the contrast painted on top of gold, which does give me some some more ideas that I will talk about further in hobby time. But I have I have great hopes for this paint just for the fact of, you know, the new player getting into it and getting discouraged by, you know, the painting that some people do that have been painting for years and oh my stuff doesn't look as good. You know, you can get yourself looking pretty dang good now with, with these paints. Yeah. Around the testing table last night, we actually had a girl that had never painted before. Uh, I, I want to say apparently, um, not because I don't believe it, but um, just because I should be skeptical. Um, anyway, she'd never been painting before and was playing around with it on a, Stormcast Eternal, I want to say. And she was just painting. And when you're new, that, that common thing of um, it's not going to look as good as I want it to be and now I'm stressing out over it uh, was definitely there. And I kind of reminded them that, hey, th look, this isn't about trying to get your best. This is your first model. This is something you will look back on and it's the model that you will improve on next time. Um, and then she seemed to relax a little bit after that, which is good. But... Now, look, we've already seen people at the store that are painting that never have. So it's already achieving what it's setting out to do. Yeah. And now, like, like, like Bruce did say, it, you know, this is not something new or revolutionary. I mean, th these existed back when I first started playing 20 years ago, and they got faded out for, you know, in favor of the washes and stuff like that. And then 
apparently it got revisited like hey if we do it like this with a base coat and then it looks like this and it's like oh and yeah so i mean this it's nothing new it's it's just it's repackaged but a much wider range yeah and you may love or hate the way that it's been advertised but they moved away from this direction early on mainly because they were trying to push towards the high-quality painting because uh, that's what worked for their marketing at the time. Over the last few years, and this has been a criticism they've had, the painting quality in their advertisements have kind of gone down a little bit. I'm not going to say that it led to this, but I think what's happened is G-Dub have recognised that they needed to introduce something to help make it easier for people getting into the hobby because at the end of the day, that's – a huge thing. Um, if you want this industry to grow, you need to make the entry point wider for people that have no connection to it. Okay, uh, Bruce, go to the Warhammer Age of Sigmar page that we're both on. Scroll down for a post by a Simon Wyatt. This is one of the lovely groups that let us share our stuff. Yes. Um, You'll you'll see a uh, branch witch as like the first photo, but if you go through the photos and you go to the last one, you'll see what I'm talking about. Or you know what? I could just tag you in the post, huh? There, I tagged you, and now you can find it faster. Aha! Ooh, pity. So uh, 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 we must we, we must give this guy credit. That is probably one of the best paint schemes I have ever ha- seen for Sylvanas too. Uh yeah, I love the Sylvanas. They're they are gorgeous. They almost look like they're like from the Underdark. They're hell, hellish type things. They're they, gorgeous. They, they, they look like they've been lit on fire, and they are mad about it. But anyways, uh, his last photo, does that not look like Alpha Legion in a bottle over top of that uh, gold? Oh, hell yeah. That, that's, that's Alpha Legion all over. So, so this contrast paint, you know, seeing stuff like that, it gives me high hopes for uh, – uh, what what could be done with this? Even with even by people with who have spent the years working on developing the skills, this could do so much to make things look even cooler, so to speak. So the color that is used over the gold was Talisar blue. Yeah, yeah, Talisar contrast over gold, and it looks like Alpha Legion in a bottle. So yeah, and it's over the top of Retributor gold, which shouldn't really surprise anybody. Um, because it is the go-to gold for G-Dub hobbyists at this point. Yes. Well, we, we've talked about paint a lot. Uh, Battle for Earth. Yes. As of today, Battle for Earth is released. This is a book that we have been waiting for, well, some would say for five years. Um, Drop Fleet specifically pretty much since the game came out. It's the first expansion the game has had since it was released. We are going to talk more details about that during game talk because David also sent us screenshots of certain things that we have said that we wanted to discuss, mainly the monitors and the resistance. So we will discuss that later on. Alrighty. And then some local news for you, a huge Australian retailer sold to one of its long-term customers. So, so is this like yeah. some other Bruce is just like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to buy you guys or, or what? Um, kind of the other way around. Uh, one of the major retailers that also has a distribution arm um, was looking to retire out of the industry. Um, 
they haven't really said exactly the reason why, but it's, it, you can probably put two and two together. Uh, it, it's something that you eventually want to get to a point where you can kind of step away and enjoy what you've done. Um, it actually was purchased by one of their long-term customers, which is just, a, I, I love that idea, a, a, like a long-term customer buying the company as opposed to some corporate head or something. Um, I haven't been able to find 100% whether or not the distribution arm of it has been sold as well. I know that it was up for sale, but I don't know if the same person brought both because I don't know the guy's financial situation. Uh, And I didn't want to overstep the boundary and push too hard on that because um, the actual owner... Well, it's it's not it's not so much that. Um, I had actually commented on a couple of the posts, and the new owner actually reached out to me. Uh, legit, had no idea that I had a podcast or anything, but he actually reached out to me, asking specifically about the Drop Zone and Drop Fleet game uh, and the community involved, because I'd mentioned about how I was going to get this news out, um, and I didn't want to overstep like the the initial trust of the fact that he was willing to actually step out and ask. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not hundred percent sure what it means for the distribution arm at this stage. I'm making assumptions that he probably has both, but I don't know that for a fact. Um, he could have just brought the retail arm, which is still wonderful. Um, for those within Australia, uh, the new owner of the combat company, um, which is not new news. This is public information now, um, has actually stated that he's interested in supporting the games. Um, he is definitely going to continue carrying both games. Um, he's already reintroduced games that had been taken out by the previous owners. Previous owners had made a decision to cut their support of uh, the G-Dub product uh, for the same reason a lot of stores tend to sometimes. Um, unsure about what they're going to be doing about Guild Ball. Um for people that play Guild Ball, if you want to get more support for that game in Australia, it might be worth reaching out because, to my knowledge, nobody is really supporting it here at the moment. But I also don't know what the um, scene is like. I know there was people playing it in Victoria, but I have not played it. I know. I'm horrible. But, yeah, like this is genuinely good news. They are, physically speaking, the second largest store in Australia. Um, because the largest store in the Southern Hemisphere is located in Ringwood, Victoria, uh, which is my local so, so, store. <laughs> so this was a, a substantial purchase then that this, this person made. Oh, yeah. This is a substantial. This isn't some small hobnob. This is – the combat company is huge, um, which is just – yeah, it's, it's good to see that the company is going to continue – uh, I'm happy that the previous owners were able to get out and retire at a time that felt right for them, and uh, I'm just hoping that this leads to more positive things. Well, good deal. Uh, that's a that's a fair chunk of news talk, and well, mostly about paint. So let's go on to something else to talk about more paint again. Cream, blue, prime paint. What have you been trimming, gluing, priming, and painting? Well, I've actually been spending a lot of time on my Wild West Exodus stuff recently, until last night. Um, I had purchased the Hour of the Wolf 
box set, which I shared on the page a few days ago, four or five days ago, uh, actually built up uh, as well as the legendary Ghost Wolf, which is a giant werewolf Native American type thing, uh, which is easily my new favorite model of the range right now. Um, and it, that's saying something because all of their models are gorgeous. Um, yeah, just really enjoying the experience. I haven't started painting them yet. They are all base coated uh, and Zenithial highlighted. But yeah, I also had to fix a boo-boo I made with my airbrush because I did the number one thing that you shouldn't do with an airbrush, which is leave paint in it overnight. So I'm a bit oh, of an idiot. Bruce, Bruce. I know. I had to leave that soaking for a while. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. I can't even figure out how I did it, honestly, because I'm religious with it. But somehow I managed to, yeah, I don't know how I've done that. But thankfully I managed to get it cleaned out. It did take a number of hours, um, especially given that I can't find my ultrasonic cleaner right now. I'm tempted to just go out and buy a new one. Well, I can't find it. I also haven't really looked for it much. Um, and I also spent quite a large chunk of time organizing a group order for there's this little game that we've been talking about recently that has a new book. Oh, uh, what game's that? Uh, it's Drop Zone Commander and Drop Fleet Commander. You may have heard of them. Um, they've got a new have. book out that's like 300 and something pages, and there may have been a rather large substantial of people that all ordered at once <laughs> through the Bruce. So, yay. Um, good signs for Drop Fleet in this game, uh, in this country, rather. And, uh, and and it says here that you're also getting a game mat. Yes, this has actually been updated. I'm now getting two. Um, I ordered a three-by-three three mat of – it's like a generic dusty town-type-looking thing, um, which I'm going to be using for Wild West Exodus and Malifaux because I want to start getting more of those games in, and I don't want to always have to play at the store. It would be nice to be able to play at home and stuff. Uh, and I've actually added a kill team mat to that order as well as of last night. So I have two mats coming at some stage in the next few weeks. Well, you know the best part about having your own mat at home so you can play at home is? What's that? You don't have to wear pants. Oh, that's true. I could also play games against myself, though I've never really under. Other than testing lists, I've never really understood the reason for that. Not in Warhammer, anyway. I mean, playing with yourself is, regardless how you do it, it's it's never a good time. Well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah okay. It's, Mo- it's moving on. <laughs> um, moving on. Yes. Well, I, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I was going to do it this week, and I, I completely spaced it till like probably twenty minutes ago. Um, I, I, I did a, a, I did a, I posted a work in progress Wednesday picture. Um, I'm, I'm still stripping, uh, my fire slayers because I still have some primer on. And th- this is part of what drove me to try to move to, uh, air, uh, airbrush priming because you can just get, I, I can get better results than trying to use a rattle can and the conditions have to be right. And just, and I've seen pictures of, you know, the, the bumpy, um, primer, and plus, yep. the airbrush primer does not stink like rattle can primer does. So, um, what I was actually doing was I was gluing all the parts and pieces back together because, despite using the plastic glue, which is supposed to weld the the pieces together, the pieces still came apart in my stripping uh, 
process. So <laughs> I was I was yeah. gluing all the axes back together and all the heads back together and all the waistcoats back together and yeah. So, wow. uh, so everything came apart. Everything, like literally came apart. everything. Yeah, heads came off. Uh, the headdresses came off. The heads, the axes came off. Um, the little tabard things that hang down from their waist came off. I mean, they literally just fell apart. They fell apart to the point to where actually, and I and I saved this when I was because uh, I noticed some of the pieces come off, and I so I saved this when I was doing some cleanup and organizing of the hobby area. I saved the instructions on how to put the stuff back together, so I had some sort of reference of putting them back together, and then instead of having numbers, had to you know match the shapes up. I guess the important question is now that you've been having your dwarf strip for you, have you been financially paying them appropriately? No, no. My plan is to uh, get them painted and assembled so they can go out and uh, murder things and collect Urgold as they see fit. But that seems um, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, perfect payment for a fire slayer. But this last Wednesday, when I was putting uh, putting things together and laying the glue dry and all that stuff, and the the uh, uh, contrast paints, you know, being released and stuff like that, I got to thinking, and it's just like. So my son has uh, a, a Nighthawk army that I kind of got for him because he likes zombies and skeletons and ghosts and stuff like that. So Nighthawk's perfect for him. And he's going to be 12 here. And No, I'm sorry. He just turned 12. God, I, time flies. Uh, he just turned 12, and he has not painted a single thing. What better thing to do than to get some of the contrast paints to have him start learning to paint with and feel good and build confidence of painting by having something that can turn out pretty decently. So I got to thinking while I'm stripping all the paint off these fire slayers and I'm going to be, be trying again for the third time to prime them and, you know, flesh coat them and stuff like that, which I've never done a flesh based army. So I got to thinking, well, is there, is there flesh contrast? There's gotta be a flesh contrast as big as the range is. And guess what, Bruce? There's, There's like a- four of them. There's a Fire Slayer flesh contrast paint. Yes, there is. Like, specifically says Fire Slayer flesh. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll use that one then. Maybe maybe I will get some of this contrast. And then I got to looking, and they've all got those orange, uh, you know, headpieces and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, the way this contrast is looking, you could do the headdress with that contrast really good, and it'd have a better effect because of the depth and the, the waving fur and stuff like that. And then have after seeing that uh, the gold with the contrast is just like, so I think with the exception of the magma drops, because I have those with that color shift and they just, they look too amazing to, and, and they're, they're, they're just huge. I don't want to try to strip the paint off of them, but uh, I think for the most part, there's some effects that I still want to do that, you know, I, I, I can do better and faster with, traditional painting techniques i think i'm going to try to do this entire fire slayer army entirely with contrast as a, yeah as a and that's fair um with the base coats of the three options that we've been shown which is over gracia over Wraithbone, and over corax white or white uh in the yeah. case of flesh i personally think that Wraithbone is a better undercoat um but it, Personally, I intend to put that through my airbrush. And as someone that has avoided putting G-Dub paints through their airbrush, I'm going to have to look into how much I need to mix it. 
Well, so this contrast being what it is, you know, an ink, um, you could put it through the airbrush without any thinning. The problem is, is it would be oh, yeah, no, splatter. It's the base coat. It's the base coat I was referring to. Oh, though. oh, the base coat. Um, um so yeah. and that, well, th- that's what you know. The guy that did the uh, the the gold. I'm just gonna straight up use my uh, airbrush primer as the base coat, not the black, yeah. obviously. Um, where's it? Yeah, yeah, Fire Slayer Flesh. Um, the white and the the wraith bone and the gray they all they all look great. I think. Um, yeah. I, I so, uh, so the I reason I like the wraith bone. The reason I like the wraith bone is it it has a warmer feel to this to it, which feels more natural to me skin wise. Yeah. So and, and that's great and everything, but but we have to we you have to take a step back. Are dwarves natural? No. Is their skin going to look like ours? I mean, Hollywood yeah. they do because it's, it's simpler. But I mean, that gray one, that's got a great dark, you know, like yeah, like a tanned look that you know a fire slayer that is you know constantly near magma, you know, and getting you know growing up and getting the the heat burns and their their skin darkening from the burning and stuff like that. Yeah, and you could easily achieve uh, the gray from Vallejo is not the same color, but it's very close. It's slightly lighter from memory. Yeah, so, and oh, guess what I could do? I could put out 10 drops of gray to five drops of white and put it in a mixing bottle, throw it in the airbrush, and then prime that way. I wouldn't even bother. I'd go straight gray, in all honesty, um, because the, gray, the Vallejo gray is already quite light anyway. Well, I, I've, I've got badger gray. So, that's oh, that one's a bit darker than yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, I, I'm going to do the flesh with the contrast. I'm going to do the plumes with contrast. I'm going to do the the metal for the weapons. I'm going to do them in a contrast. Um, what else? Uh, the 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 some of the metal trim. I'm probably just going to straight up just do gold with a Agrax Earthshade wash because let's be honest, that is the best way to do gold. Period. You, you can't. You can't top that gold. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to look at non-metallic metals or something, which I know you're not, but if you was, maybe then you'd change it up. But if it's just gold, then just do gold. Um, you'd have to rework a lot of stuff just to do it the other way. So, but anyways, that that's my plan. I am I'm going to attempt contrast, and I'm going to attempt to do my fire slayers in all contrast, because then doing that. Depending on you know how much how soon my kid paints and everything like that, I could literally say, "Here's this paint. I did this army with this paint. You do your army with this paint." And he's going to be all over that and on top of it because, you know, th- this paint does have the ability to take a lot of the skill out of the equation. And so you know, if if I can do something to help build his confidence and get him excited about painting at such a young age. Then if he continues in the hobby, he won't be like some people that have shelves after shelves after shelves of gray unpainted models. 50 shades of grace, bro. Exactly. I still love that video. The uh, GW is spot on with that video. Um, <laughs> and, and while this isn't hobby time, this, this, this is a, a good update time. So captain socks, you know, he, he, he made it here for uh, the inaugural episode, the, the, the kickoff. Um, his deployment is coming to an end. He he is coming back stateside soon. 
there is no exact date yet and no exact date of when he would be here, you know, more on a more regular basis. Cause once he gets back, he also has to move to a different state too. So, um, yeah, he does. Nature of the beast, um, is why we can't really confirm exactly when he's coming back. I'm pretty sure he knows the exact date, um, but I don't recall him giving us one, uh, which is fine. I wasn't really asking for it. I'm really um, not going to pay attention either. When he's back, he's back. That's good enough for me. Yeah, definitely. And and he's got home stuff to consider in that as well. So um, some priorities are higher, um, but we're excited to have him back. It is a matter of weeks at this point. Um, and obviously, yes, He'll have the move as well, but it's still a matter of weeks. It's not months anymore. So he will be back with us soon. It will be Yanks again. Yeah, I I understand priorities. I I, I couldn't record last week because uh, the prosecuting attorney had uh, an inability of accessing email for an arrest that was made. So, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, So, uh, hmm. Game talk, Game then, talk? I suppose, this, this, this battle for... Yes, this is the little book we want to talk about. Talk nerdy to me. All right, Bruce, where is this stuff at? I Life has been crazy. I I know enough There stuff is a folder. To, I, yes, I, I, I probably... And the folder is called Battle for Earth. You expect me to read? Yes, I know it's very difficult. I know the military cut a lot of that stuff out for you, but you need to remember that reading is important. It's all pictures. Yes, there's text in the pictures. <gasps> Ooh, the first picture makes me so happy. It's pretty and it's blue. No, the first picture I found is the uh, is something that uh, I've been wanting for the longest time. Uh, okay, what are you looking at? Uh, I, I was looking at the uh, the the heavy gate. But here's the blue one. So it looks like uh, they're going from bottom to top. So let's zoom in on this and let's jump into uh, some ships because, you know, that's the one thing we really, it's one of the first things we did. We were really good about talking about the ships and their stats. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the resistance just because that was the first one that I opened up. Um, And I'm going to start with the resistance turbine at 210 points. Um, um, this one is blue. But are, are you sure it's? I think it's Tribune. Oh, is it Tribune? Is it? Yeah, Tribune. Tribune. T- Tribune. Potato. Yeah. Potato. Well, I thought you said Turban. Oh well, it could be uh, Turban. I'm pretty yeah. sure you spell Turban differently, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways. Okay, so the Phalanx has a six-inch scan range. Uh, it's got an eight-inch signature, which is interesting. Uh, six-inch thrust. Hull of 17. Sorry, this is a battle cruiser, by the way. Uh, two plus attack, point depends of five. Uh, I'm completely skipping on what the G stands for, but it's a one. Group. Group, thank you. So you've got a group of one, that makes sense. Uh, and is that a five or is that an S under T? Uh, tonnage would be S for super heavy. Okay, yep. It, it is a it's battle cruiser, so armor. it's it's a... Uh, um, got where the battle cruisers, the uh, uh, they, they were the uh, the uh, no, the the recast and then the the Kickstarter exclusives, those are the battle cruisers, so a super, yes, yeah. Um, it's got special ablative armor, and we don't know what that means yet, uh, unless it's on a further page, 
but I don't remember seeing that when I was looking earlier. Uh, it has 9k mass turret driver, which has got a 2 plus lock, 2 attacks, 1 damage, and it's front and side arc. <gasps> Excuse me. Cool. Correction. Plus 2. Correction, Bruce. Correction, Bruce. It, it, so it is a battle cruiser. So it is like a really nice uh, Aggie on. But all of those are heavies in the uh, previous book. So unless they've changed the tonnage on all of them, this is a, a, a very heavy uh, battle cruiser. Oh, nice. Well, to be fair, Resistance, they're kind of slapping stuff together, so it's not necessarily going to be of the same quality as everybody else. Well, before you get too far on that, if you look at the shape of this hull, this looks like the UCM slash PHR throwback uh, pre, pre, what was that? Ship. Pre White Sphere. Yeah, the, yeah, it was, it was like the uh, it was the 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 a crossover ship between UCM technology and PHR technology, the yeah, pre conquest kind of, yeah, pre conquest, yeah. So it, it looks like this ship. So I, well, they have it listed as resistance. I would say that it's not the the quote unquote resistance that we some of the ships that we saw on the the, the spoiler from uh, UK Games Expo. Yeah, um, this one is a. I can't actually tell from the image whether it's actually a model or whether it's CG. I suspect it is a model, um, just it just nature of photos. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that the Resistance are coming out with a feel that looked very similar to that ship because the in-drop zone, the feel of the Resistance was always very everything slapped together or it's all very old technology. Um, so that would make sense for the fluff that their ships would be older. Um, because they haven't really had the opportunity or the science to be able to come up with anything new of their own. That's kind of the whole point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, getting back to the weapon, the nine K miss. Uh, sorry, the nine K mass driver has fuselage two as its special rule. There's also an N eleven twin artillery cannon turret, which has got a lock of four plus. It's got six attacks, one damage front and side again, and low power. I don't think we know what low power does yet. And it's got two NC-16 missile banks, which is three plus, D3 plus one, uh, one damage, and they are side, one left and one right. That's the close action weapons. Uh, this particular ship also has bulk landers and fire ships. I don't know what a fire ship is yet. Uh, and it's got two fighters and bombers. So this actually has bulk landers and fighters and bombers. I don't think we've seen anybody else that's done that yet. No, no, no one else has done that. It's either a bulk lander or it's a carrier. It's it's one or the other, not both. Uh, the closest you could argue to that is Shaltari with the way their technology works. Yeah, but, that's fair. But, you know, once again... The, the the troops were always on a separate ship. So, well, no, no, no. Sorry, the uh, the battleships. The battleships had gate, and the supercarrier had the fires of bombers. So, in that aspect, through the Shaltari technology, we kind of seen this, but it was only them. No, none of the other factions had anything like this. So, this is a definitely a very interesting twist. Uh, George, would you like to go through your supergate or the the uh, no no void gate? I think you're no. referring to. No, 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 we're we're gonna go in order so we don't get lost and talk about stuff twice. We're going to talk about the, uh, I'm guessing the Gladiator Grand Cruiser, 
I, I the, the the names cut off a little bit, so I'm assuming it's a gladiator class battle. Okay, so it says gladiator yeah, um, class battle cruiser. So, but it's a grand cruiser. Um, it has a scan of four, sig of six, thrust of seven, hull fourteen, two up armor. Good. Uh, point defense of three, groups of one to two, tonnage is heavy. I cannot read the rest. I don't know if it's because it's blurry because I'm old and my eyes are crap. Um, I could be wrong, but I think that's ablative armor again, but I can't tell what the word underneath oh, starts with an yep. R, but I don't know what it is. Okay, so uh, special. So I'm going to say that it is a blade of armor. Uh, I'm going to say that's a rare. So you That would have, make sense. Yeah, so especially with that two-up armor. Um, so it, uh, the first cannon is some sort of vet cannon turret. Has a lock of three up, average, attack D3, damage two, so two damage a shot. So it's got some good damage potential. Uh, arc is front and side. It has overcharge, something else, and unstable. I so, almost want to say that scold. Oh, yeah, you could be right. That does look like that. Could, yeah, because if you look at the second line, that definitely is scold. So overcharge, scold, unstable. So someone be fine besides the scourge. Has uh, the scold special rule? Um, that would definitely make the sense resistance. Why the, ship is rare. the resistance is run by the scourge. Is confirmed right here. Well, they or they're stealing scourge technology because they're re- the resistance, and this Which is makes the sense, battle for yeah. Earth. So, um, no, no, no. Another... The battle for Earth is fictional stuff that was made up by the UCM. It's all propaganda. Sorry, continue. Ah, uh, okay. So, and then I'm guessing a heavy vent cannon threw up. 2d3, two damage, front arc, scald unstable. So uh, it's really interesting about this uh, unstable thing. I'm wondering, this, this could be interesting. Um, and then it has NC3 missiles, lock of four up, two attack, one damage, front side, rear, So and then close action. So um, 150 points. Uh, this seems like a pretty cheap rare ship. Um does not have the greatest of scan range, so you're gonna have to get up and close. But the two up armor, you know, it's gonna help you do that. Uh, the Sega six, and so you're gonna get shot at before you can shoot at someone unless you spike them up. Uh, thrust of seven, that's on the little bit of the slow side. Um, hull of 14, it is gonna last a little bit. Um, like I said, uh, I haven't played the game in so long, there are rules changes. I can't, I can't make a, a an opinion of how great this ship is. I will say this. I love the picture of it, though. It's very, very cool looking. Oh, again, well, I'm a big fan of the of everything I've seen from this so far. Yeah. Like, just oh, aesthetically. Yeah. Again, it has that Citerion main hall look to it. So, yeah. Uh, the next one is the Resistance Munifex or Munifex. It's their Corvette, anyway. It's 20 points. Uh, scan range of four. Signature of two. Thrust of 12, which is pretty on par with most of the others. Uh, yeah. Hull of two, five attacks, one point defense. Uh, can have a group of one to four, and its tonnage is large. It has atmospheric and outlier, which is good in my opinion. Tonnage it's is light. Got... Light, oh, medium, light? heavy, Sorry. super heavy. Uh, it has NCA1 missiles, which has a lock of four. Uh, attack four, damage one, front side rear. Uh, it's air to air, close action, and squadron three. Squadron three is something that I feel would be new. I don't recognize that one. It also has a lovely 
side picture in it as well, which is very nice. And the next on the list is well, we were talking about that just a couple minutes ago. The Resistance Centurion. It is listed as a Grand Cruiser. Scan of four, six of six, thrust of seven. So apparently that seems to be a theme here for the, the standard profile here for the Resisti. Hull 14, two up safe, point defense three, groups of one to two. Tonnage is heavy, has a blade of hull armor. Uh, then it has a uh, XN31 mass driver turret, two up lock, two attacks, one damage. Arc of front and side with fusillade two. So uh, what was fusillade again? Remind me, that's... Uh, I wasn't 100% sure I could find my book if I know where it is. I know where my book is. I have to, I'd have to flip through it again. Uh, we'll get back to Fusilade here in half a second. Uh, then it has a hybrid gun battery that is an N31 uh, starboard and port. So look at you guys at TT Combat using actual naval terminology instead of left and right. Uh, lock of four up, six attacks each, one damage each. Uh, one is on the left side, one is the right side, hence the port and starboard. They are linked, so you can fire them at the same time. Again, some of the this uh, throwback to the PHR technology and the way it looks. Um, fuselage. Fuselage weapon systems feature in a large capacitor, banks, or ammunition magazines, so they can be really let loose when the time is ripe. When the ship uses fuselage... When the ship uses the weapons free order, fuselage weapon systems add two to their attack value to determine the number of shots. So that first one would go from two to four at a two up one. Not so with one damage at the front side. So yeah, that's uh that's that's all right, I suppose. And then NC three missiles, four up, lock, two attacks, one damage, front side rear, close action. So um, it looks like the NC-3 missiles are the standard close action that you will be seeing on resistance ships. Uh, I, I'm really digging the fact that that one-off sculpt that Dave did back in the day for that the original Centurion for use with PC, UCM or PHR uh, has kind of become the standard for the resistance. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice feel, and it, it feels very fluffy. Um, apparently, Dave, for the... Apparently, Dave, since TT Combat took over, has done nothing but sculpt pretty much ever since. So that's why we're getting so much models uh, at this point. And, yeah, it's nice that they let him out of the cave for a couple of days. Are they feeding him better yet? or He's allowed to have half a Stroop Waffle a week. Oh, poor Dave. For those that are not aware, there was a group from the community that got together uh, after the hashtag feed Dave started trending and we sent a food package into TT Combat Headquarters for Dave. <laughs> uh, uh, consisting of Stroop Waffles. And th- okay, yeah. so, so, so before you start, I am already super excited about the stat line I'm seeing on the ship. You might even say the word moist. With that usual picture. Moist. So the PHR caster is the first of the monitors that we finally get to talk about after, what, two and a half years of waiting for monitors. Yes. So the caster is, it has a scan range of 10, signature of 4, thrust of 4. It's got a hull of 5, uh, attack of 2+, plus, armor of 3 plus. point defense. 
sorry, armor of two plus, sorry. Uh, point defense of three, uh, group of two to three, and it's a light tonnage, which makes sense. And it has a special rule of monitor, uh, which I don't believe we know what that is yet. I'm not aware of um, No. So they've got a slow thrust. They've got a very large scan range. This is kind of in line with what we were expecting to see. And a very um, small signature. Yeah. Um, you, this you particular a, one. You can put a spike on this, and its scan and sig are the same size. Hey, that's a good point, yeah. Uh, it's It has a quad battery with a lock of 4+, plus, 4 attacks, 1 damage each, uh, which is front fuselage 4, so that's nice. Uh, so, so you go weapons free on that, and it's going to have 8 attacks at a lock of 4 up. Yeah. Group this of is, 3 of the... And it's front facing, which is going to help strengthen one of the weaknesses the army has. Yes, so... Yeah. Uh, mosquito drones are the close action weapons. They're also four plus, uh, two attacks, one damage. That's front, side, and rear. So that's fairly standard. Uh, mosquito drones. I like the name. You, you and like the, the sculpt. You, you like the name mosquito drones better than the uh, what was the other one? Wasp drones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrified of wasps, but no, I just I just think it it fits with everything else they've been doing. All right. Next up on our list is the resistance. Phalanx, um, and the Phalanx has a scan of six, sig of eight, thrust of six, hull of seventeen, armor of two up. Oh, and this is also a battle cruiser, two hundred points, armor of two up, point defense five, group of one. Tonnage is an S. It looks like so. It looks like it's a super heavy with a blade of armor. Uh, already, this has two big old guns hanging down. Um, it has a nine K twin mass driver turret, uh, lock a two up. Four attacks, one damage each with a front side arc with a fuselage of four. So on a weapons free, that is a attack of eight. Then you have the N31 hybrid gun long battery. That that seems really clumsy to say. Hybrid gun long battery. Um, it has a uh, left and right. Um, there's no port and starboard on this. Um Get, get on that, I was noticing that earlier with something that because that's also the same with one of the previous ships. Yeah, um, has a lock of four up, nine attacks, one damage each. Uh, side left, side right, so it's only side. There's no front arcing on this, so more PHRE there. Uh, they're linked, and then it has NC four missiles, so lock of four, attack four, one damage each, close action. So. Uh, I'm kind of guessing here that the NC dash whatever number means the number of attacks it has for the close action. Um, well, the NC three was only two, so no. Oh, maybe not then. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Well, I'll have to look hmm. in to find out what the meaning. It could just be the level of power. Like it could just be a fluffy thing. But yeah, it's interesting. We'll have to find it. Next up, we have the Vienna, which is another resistance ship. This is an escort no, frigate is, for forty-eight points. It's UCM. Oh, sorry. I said that wrong. Um, I was looking at it from... I hadn't scrolled up yet. So this is a new frigate for the UCM. So the Vienna has a six-inch scan range, uh, four sig, thrust of six, four hull, two-plus armor, which is good, uh, three-point defense, groups of two to three, light tonnage, 
It's got Aegis 4 and Escort. Escort, I believe, is a new rule. Um, I, I think what's Aegis 2 again? Well, the Escort rule yeah. is only legal in Vegas, so. Um. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you're flying, if this is the Battle for Earth, you have to be very careful about where on the map you place yourself because you may not be able to use that rule otherwise. Um, can you double-check what the Aegis rule means? I am looking that up right now. Um, we have Caliber Skull. Where would Aegis be? I. Yes, I, I understand that. Um, I'm, oh, there it is. It's all the way at the front. Aegis ships typically are smaller types equipped with sensors and weaponry that permit a blindly fast response response time against strike craft and munitions. They are normally deployed as scouts or to help protect other ships in battle. Well, this is an escort frigate. Makes sense. Uh, ships with Aegis special rule add a bonus to the point defense value of any ships within four inches of them equal to the number shown in the brackets. In order to be affected, ships must be on the same orbital layer as the Aegis ship. Additionally, the bonus applies to the Aegis ship itself. So this ship essentially has a point defense of seven. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. It gives an extra to whatever it's beside. So this is going to help UCM's weaknesses a lot. Oh, and itself. Oh, okay. Yes, it applies to itself and ships within four inches. So... UCM have been struggling for quite a while because they're so all-rounded. They kind of they're they're good at a lot of things, but they're not great at anything. They're um, jack of all trades, master think, of none. Thank you. I was trying to think what the phrase was. Um, I genuinely think this could help UCM come back up to the fold again. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see how these go. Um, okay, weapons. Because weapons are the, the only thing that matter. Uh, Mamba Laser is a lock of three plus. It's got two attacks, one damage. Front arc, burn through of three. So this is a little mini burn through. And flash, as you would expect. Shark missile base, uh, lock of four plus. Attacks is D6 plus two, which is fairly on range with UCM. Uh, one damage, front side rear, as you would expect. That's the close action. Um, gorgeous model. I love this model. Alrighty. Um, next, uh, the first um, hedgehog we get to talk about, which makes me happy now, um, is the Shaltari Cylon? Silicon? What? Silicon. Is that even a word? Oh, silicon. God, what the hell is wrong with me tonight? Cylon is from a different science fiction. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Uh, that starts with the C. Uh, so the Shaltari Sand. Um, it has a scan of 14 inches. Um, that's bigger than normal, right? Yes, but it is a monitor. Let's see here. Uh, yes. Uh, most commonly a signature or a scan of 12, even on the supercarriers and stuff like that. So huge scan range, signature of three, 16 with shields up. Um, so again, yeah. the, the typical uh, Shaltari problem of they're really tiny and they can see really far away. Uh, thrust of six inches, by far the slowest Shaltari ship there is. Hull of four, uh, armor is four up, four up, uh, shields without shields. So really good armor uh, as far as Shaltari is concerned. Point defense of six, groups of two to three, tons of light, special rule is monitor. Um, the quad ion cannon is its 
weapon has a lock of four up, so slightly less worse than the um uh the the Shaltari armaments are concerned. Two attacks, two damage each though. Front arc, ion two. Do we have to look? Yes, we have to look up what ion is. No, we don't. It's right there. If a group scores X hits from weapons with this special rule, the energy surge crippling effect is applied to that ship. If the target is a ship with the Dreadnought special rule, apply power fluctuation effect instead. Okay, so if this scores two hits with this special rule, the energy surge crippling effect is applied to that ship. Just off the bat, period. Neat. Yeah, this this is this is potentially big. Neat. And I mean, yeah, this is this is gonna say play. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then it has a harpoon volley of four plus two attacks, one damage, front side, rear close action. Um the thing to take away from this is that is the one of the best armor saves in the Sheltari without being a battleship uh battleship or a dreadnought. Adrian, if by chance you're listening. I want you to make me cry with this. Make me cry. Okay. That's the guy that plays Shaltari in my area that always beats me. Ah. Doesn't everyone beat you, though, Bruce? No, no, no. Nobody beats me. My dice beat me. I, I beat myself. Next Freezing. up, we're back to the... Resi- <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, next up, we're back to the resistance with the Trident slash Elysium, which I'm guessing means that we're going to be having an alternate sculpt at some stage. Uh, survey says that's what they did with the other battleships. Yeah. Um, or battle 340 points. Yeah. That's 340 points. Um, well, this is the battleship. So this is the equivalent of the New York and stuff. Yeah, I know. I know, but still, yeah, it's an expensive ship. Yeah. So scan range of eight signature of 14 thrust of six hull of 24, two plus armor, Point defense of 10, group of 1, which is not surprising. Uh, special, uh, sorry, super heavy tonnage, ablative armor again. We have the 9K mass turret drivers, which is locker 2 plus, attack of 4, damage 1, front side left, fuselage 4, uh, exactly the same thing on the right hand side. Then we have an N12 artillery cannon, which is a 4 plus, 10 attacks, 1 damage. There is one of those on the left and on the right. Uh, They are both linked. And it's got a low power, which again I believe is a new rule. And the NC-16 missiles is a 3 plus, D3 plus 1, 1 damage, front side and rear. That's the close action. And this comes with a torpedo. Sorry, no, this comes with four torpedoes. Yeah, I was going to say, Bruce, that's four torpedoes. So the first thing I see right off the bat with this, so it's got two weapons, fuselage four. Weapons free, you do the fuselage value added to the attack value. So this guy has 36 shots. 16 of them are hitting on two up and four torpedoes. So in other words, this is the ship that the Bruce needs, and it won't matter because he'll still roll Bruce's anyway. So I'm curious to see what they've changed for uh, torpedo rules because to to have a 340-point ship with four torpedoes, they, they need to have changed them so torpedoes are... 
Torpedoes have never really seen a lot of play that I've seen, at least anyway. I don't know if the meta's been different elsewhere, but I've never really seen anybody using torpedoes. In theory, they were always something that was very powerful, but it just never seemed to get use because there was just more value everywhere else. Yeah, they, but they I don't think if we've ever enough. seen a ship with. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen a ship that's had that many of them. Uh, I think two has been the most, and that was a UCM battleship. That sounds about right. And I think there was maybe a scourge with two. George, would you like to take a trip to Istanbul? Uh, no, I'd rather go to Constantinople. Well, how about you talk about Istanbul, the ship? Uh, UCM, Istanbul, was once Constantinople. Constantinople. It is a monitor. It has a scan of 10, a SIG of 4, thrust of 4, hull of 4, armor of 2, point defense of 3, group of 2 to 3 with a tonnage of light, and again, it is a monitor. It has a UF-8 uh, 9000 mass driver, uh, 3-plus lock, 3 damage, or 3 attacks, 1 damage. The front arc, it's an alternative weapon. So the next line is the same entry, but it is 2-up with 2 attacks, 2 damage, bombardment. Nice. So, uh, so 3, 6... Six attacks, he get twos of two damage of bombardment on a ship with two yeah. up armor. But it's kind of slow. But it has a good All scan. of the monitors are, though. All of the monitors are slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but it, it actually has a good scan in comparison for, for UCM. So, and then it has Barracuda missile bays at four up lock, two attacks, one damage, front side, rear, close action. Uh, it is the same sculpt as the escort vessels. So. Uh, you want to talk about the monitor? I'm guessing you're excited about. It is too. W- what? No, I was just double checking what you said about the sculpt. It is too. Yeah, the weapon is is obviously different. Well, yeah, and that's fine. It it just means that they're coming in a kit, and obviously you'll swap which weapon is on the ship, uh, or you build it in which one you think is cool, and you go, "Hey, it's this," and you just make sure that it's clear, because WYSIWYG. Eh, so what I've already seen. Everybody to the right. I'm not. A, there, there, there's two sculpts for the uh, the Shaltari. There's two sculpts for the uh, UCM. So I'm guessing there's going to be at least two sculpts for this uh, scourge wing you're going to talk about and the PHR when we previously talked. Yeah, I would expect so. Um, okay, so we have the scourge. I'm going to say Shidu. It could be Shedu. Um, Shidu sounds better to me, but I, I don't know. Um, sounds like I'm it's a Japanese a- demon. Possibly Chinese, um, Chinese, Chinese. You know why? Because look at one of the uh, it's a XI, which is a typically a G, which is a Chinese pronunciation. So it's named after a Chinese D. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Smart. And to be fair, it's the first to come out of that region, I think, because most of the rest of them have been from the Western world. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I think, yeah, yeah. So this is a monitor for 45 points. Scan of, scan of eight, SIG of five, thrust of six, four hull, three plus armor, four point defense, groups of two to three, light. It has detector and monitor. Detector, I believe, is new as well. Um, it has an Oculus beam chest. Um, so it takes its chests filled with gold and throws it at the enemy. Actually, it's probably filled with razor worms. Uh, lock of three plus, two attacks, two damage, front arc and scald because it is a beautiful thing. It's plasma cal- 
Plasma Cloud is three plus, two attacks, one damage, frontside rear, close action, and Scald. I like this. Yeah. No, um, Detector yeah, I like is, this. Detector is not new. Detector ships have extraordinarily, extraordinarily acute sensors and high-speed information dissemination systems that relay their scanning feeds to the rest of the fleet. Detector ships may always use active scan special order, even if their battle group has chosen a different special order for their turn. Every detector ship in the group may have active scan, not just one. So this is the Scourge equivalent of the uh, Lima. Lima. Nice. Okay, yep, that's going to help. I'm pretty sure people are crying already because Scourge is like the enemy or something. Scourge is the hero. There is no battle for Earth. It's all UCM propaganda. The Scourge are here to save everyone. J- just just let them in. Just let it happen. It's okay. All right. Next is the Scourge Lamasu? 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 Yes. Something. Um, uh, it Sumerian. is a barge. It is a barge. Scan of six, SIG of five. Uh, the, the one thing I'm noticing as a trend with these is all of them tend to have a scan bigger than their signature for once. Uh, thrust of yes, six, hull that, of four, armor of three up, four point defense, group of one to three, tonnage light, no special rules. Say, say your thought. It all sounds all right so far. Okay, Oculus rays. Uh, three up lock, one attack, one damage, scald. Ooh, big surprise. The skirt ship has scald. Uh, plasma no. bombs. Lock, lock a three up, two attacks, one damage, front side bombardment. And plasma cloud. Three up, two attacks, one damage, front side rear, close action scald. So, um, different nose piece. Um, oh, oh, it has a bulk lander as well. So, there's that. Hence why it's a barge. So the Lamasu is an Assyrian protective deity often predicted as having a human head on the body of a bull or a lion, and it has bird wings. That just sounds really weird. Uh, off the top of my head, there is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie um, where he's playing like a really cliche sci- uh, sci-fi spy guy, and the nuclear weapons are... Uh, snuck into America through these statues. True Lies. That's the movie. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Um, go. Uh, l- l- let's skip some of this other stuff because it looks a little more complicated. To talking about, go up to the next PHR one, the the Pollux. Got it. So, zoom in so I can read stuff. So the Pollux is an escort frigate. Uh, so I know what this is going to do already. 42 points, scan of 8, signature of 4, thrust of 6, 5 hull, 2 plus armor, 3 point defense, groups of 1 to 3, uh, light tonnage, Aegis 7, damn, an escort, uh, wasp drones, because everybody hates the Bruce, uh, 3 plus lock, D3 plus 1 attack, uh, 1 damage, and front side rear arc, which is not unusual. It's a close action weapon. Right. So if we go to the Bellerophon real quick, uh, the heavy cruiser with the uh, fighters and bombers, one of the best uh, PHR ships because it has the uh, twin supernova burn through laser on the front. It has a point defense of five. 
Oh, so you uh, you put a, these guys up in there, and it has ages of seven. So uh, the Bellerophon has a point defense of 12. Interesting, yeah. So again, it, it, it sounds like it is fulfilling it, its pure role of, let's see, thrust. So it has a one-inch uh, less thrust than the Bellerophon does. But with five hull, two up armor, and then giving itself seven point defense, and then adding seven point defense to uh, all the other stuff the PHR has for forty two points. Uh, I'm going to say this is money. It, 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 it's that great little support ship. It's like a uh, oh, what's that thing the Shaltari have that people absolutely hated? The shields, the, uh, everything. The the opal the shield booster that allows you to reroll failed shield rolls. Yeah, so it, it, it's not quite that good, but it's 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 kind of good. So, so if we go back one now, we have the resistance light cruiser and the resistance cruiser and the resistance heavy cruiser all on one page, which will become a little bit more obvious why in a second. So the light cruiser is sixty points. Scanner four, Seeker four. Thrust of nine, eight hull, five plus armor, two point defense, group of two to three, medium tonnage, and a special which is subsystem network. I think that's new. Uh, NC three missiles, which is lock of four plus, attack of two, one damage, all around arc, close action, hard points. This ship must make, so I must take three options from the cruiser system list which we will come to later. You're going the to start cruiser. noticing. A, yep. Go ahead and finish your th- Yeah. Um, these are all ships that have hard points on them where you choose what goes on them. So this is where the customization from the list came from that they were talking about. Uh, because uh, you get to where did that ship. list originally come from? Uh, was, wasn't that Thunderboy and, and Damien? Uh, and and some of us are yeah, Hot LZ kind of kind of kind of tossing yeah, we... around, sending it over to him, and and who who was it? Uh, I don't think it was Dave. It was uh, Andy. Was it Andy that said, "Ooh, this is kind of interesting"? I think it might have been Andy. I could be wrong though. Did did we did we actually help influence this? I wonder. It's certainly possible. Uh, it certainly reads like something. It reads very similar to what we were doing. I don't remember if we suggested this as, hey, if you wanted to do resistance, this would be the way to do it or not. No, but we did. I this don't as think we a, did. Customizing the current existing cruisers and stuff within Drop drop Fleet for Sheltar, UCM, and stuff like that to do weapon combinations that weren't in the book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, it, it know, continued I'm being updated for long after. No, no. It, it continued being updated long after Hot LZ was done. Um, and hey, it's actually influenced the game. Uh, Lewis, uh, please confirm. Did, did we help influence influence this? Because if it did, that would be awesome. Um, the resistance cruiser is seventy points. Uh, scanner four, sick of six, thrust of seven, ten hull, five plus armor, point defense of two, groups of one to two, medium subsystem network again, and NC three missiles again. Uh, this one has four hard points. There is a heavy cruiser, which is scan six, sig six, thrust five, hull 12, 
five plus armor, two point defense. So the rest of that's the same, except it's a heavy tonnage. Same rule there. NC three missiles again, and this ship must take five options. So they're all very, very much the same ship, uh, but you're paying more points if you want it to be a bigger version of that ship. Makes sense. Yeah. So, and again, these are the ships that had more of the the resistance feel of they've been cobbled together. So yeah, the, um, because everything's been slapped together, and yeah, that makes sense. So Bruce, um, I'm I'm, I'm going to let you talk about the the last um, resistance ship they have listed here because the last one that we're going to talk about, I want. Oh, okay, okay. I I started to have a little bit of a oh my god, say what moment, but it's it's because of the 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 image is slightly buried. But if you want to talk about this last resistance ship, so I can talk about the last Shaltari because it's something I've been I've been craving for so long. Oh no, uh, the Resistance Olympus slash Eden. Uh, interesting combination of two names there, two different pantheons, but very similar. Although Eden's not exactly heaven. But anyway, that doesn't matter. 360 points. I was going to say Olympus was the home of the Greek gods, which is where a lot of the PHR names come from is, you know. Yes. And Eden is the, the essentially the biblical cradle of uh, humankind. So, yeah. So hey, Sorry, continue. Now. Yeah, continue. Uh, it's a grand battleship for 360 points. Uh, it has a scan of 8, 14 sig, Thrust of six, 24 hull, and two plus armor. Uh, this is going to be hard to take down. Uh, point defense of 10, group of one, makes sense. Uh, super heavy, ablative armor again. Which, with that 24 hull and two up save, I mean, wh- we need to find out what this ablative armor is. So that, yeah. that could have a huge thing. <laughs> While I'm reading through the rest of this, can you go onto the TT Combat website, go to the downloads, and look at the original rule for that PHR UH, um, UCM ship? It might be on that. And while you're looking up that, we've got more 9K mass turret drivers, or mass driver turrets, rather. Um, turret driver sounds better to me. I don't know why. Lock of 2+, plus, uh, attack of 4, damage of 1, um, all-around arc, fusillade, four and then we have another one which is exactly the same one is left one is right then mess event cannon battery uh which is so this is very similar to the other large ship that i was reading earlier uh lock of three plus three d3 that's that's good so uh, two I, damage I, I, each i did i when i first saw it, i just thought it was 303 not 3d3 uh, that would be nuts. That, that's why I started to have like a little... Uh, and the uh, Centurion ship is actually no longer listed on the uh, resources. Oh, okay. That's because probably because in the I don't need to. It's in the book. And it was beta rules anyway. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, two damage. These is side left and side right. So they're linked again. This has overcharge, scald, and unstable. And then NC-16 missiles, which is 3 plus, D3 plus 1, 1 damage, front side rear, so that's the close action. And 4 torpedoes, again. 
So right off the bat, fusillade four on two weapons, hitting locking on two with uh so eight, eight attacks you so 16 attacks hitting on twos with one damage. Good lord. Now if 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 crit rules have stayed the same, that means you hit on a two, you hit on a three, you crit on four, five, six. And unless you're Shaltari with shields up, you don't get armor saves on critical hits. That is mildly frightening. Frightening is the right word. Um, overall, I really like the way this ship looks, too. Um, it looks very... Uh, it looks very, like, early human sci-fi kind of thing, like uh, Earth Above and Beyond kind of. You know, they're trying to make it look sleek and futuristic, but yet still made by mankind. It doesn't have the sleekness and smoothness of, like, the PHR and, like, a Starfleet ship would. It has more of the a rugged, you know, you know, we built this thing to last and survive the, the harsh elements of space, which makes no sense because there's no elements in space. Anyways, um, really good looking ship. I would have to, I would have to say of all the, of the new ships that they've, they've showcased in in the book here, I'd have to say that's probably my favorite one. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, there is one last page before the Shaltari. So do you want me to go through that one too? Oh, I didn't even get, I'll get this one and we'll, uh, I'll, I'll get the Shaltari one. You can go straight into the Shaltari after this. It's going to have a very similar feel to the previous one that right. we were so we have, claiming as inspired. Yeah, so we have Resistance Frigate, Resistance Heavy Frigate, and Resistance Strike Carrier. Now, this is a, this is a different thing right here. Uh, no one uh, – wait, Strike Carrier. Oh, oh, okay. So the, the – yeah, it took me a second there. Strike Carrier is the – Normal way of getting troops to the ground, the the base way. So the, the frigate is a four scan, two inch sig, uh, thrust of eleven, hull four, armor five up, one point defense, group of three to six tonnage light, no special rule. Uh, NC one missile missiles with a four up lock, one attack, one damage, front side rear close action. The ship has one hard point option. So here's here's my question. Do you get to take a different weapon for each hard point? So if you have a group of six, can you have three of this type of weapon, three of another type of weapon on the hard points, or do they have to have all, all the same hard point uh, option? That is something we will have to find out. Definitely for sure. Uh, then you have the heavy frigate, which it looks like it is the same. Uh, no, it Wait, is a, a scan. No, I, no has, I have the answer to that. Yeah, it is not. It is a scan of four, sig of two, thrust nine instead of 11, hull of five instead of four, same armor of five, one point defense, groups of two to four times light, a blade of armor, subsystem network. Um, and then the ship has must take one to two options from the frigate system list for the hard points. So your previous question. Yeah, I just answered myself, so. Um, yeah, the cruiser systems... So this is the cruisers, not the frigates. Uh, can have no more than sorry, no more than two options can be taken from the broadsides category. No more than one of each option may be taken from the structure category. So there is limits there okay. built into the system. Okay, okay. 
Um, and then you have the resistance strike carrier, which is a scan of four, SIGA two, thrust 11, four hole, armor five up. So this is kind of like the uh, uh, the light frigate. Groups of one to three tonnage light atmospheric. So they have to stay in a group, though. They don't have that open rule like the other strike carriers have. Uh, NC1 missiles, so four up lock, one attack, one damage, front side rear close action. Has one drop ship, not two, because most of them have two, if I remember correctly, right? Uh, yeah, I think. Nope, drop ship for one, so never mind. Uh, same as the others. Uh, hard points, this ship may choose to take up to one option from the frigate system list. So uh, drop ships include reason- two infantry, which is what you're thinking of. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of then. Um, so to me, uh, no, I guess not. So it's going to say maybe these could be a little more of a, a, a toothy strike carrier, but no. So again, uh, it's like the ca- cruisers, but with frigates and the strike carrier. So. so the frigate systems do not have the same restriction listed uh, that the cruisers did. Um the weapon options you have, which I haven't read through the other ones yet, but you've got an N31 hybrid gun turret, which is a lock of four plus attack of two, one damage. Front and side squadron three. I believe that's a new rule. I could be wrong. Uh, you also have the option of an NC-16 missile turret, which is a lock of three plus attack of D3 plus two. It's not bad. Uh, one damage front side rear. That's a close action option. And you have oh these also have costs associated with them. The hybrid gun turret was three points. The missile turret was five points. This next one is also five points, which is a light vent cannon turret. It's like cannon turret. Uh, three plus two attacks, one damage front and side. Uh, that one is unstable, OC and sculled, unless it's DC, but I think that's OC. Um, and you have a structures option, which is a cost of 10, which is sensor drones, which gives you the detector special rule. So that's how, that's the options you have to customize your ships. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, th- th- this has a very, uh, very familiar feel to the list that, uh, uh, Damien and Michelle initially came up with to customize a, a Shaltari or Scourge or whatever faction, cruiser heavy cruiser or whatnot it just is it's been implemented as this is how you build a resistance ship that's not one of the satyrian styled ones which is pretty cool. much and the point costs of most of what i'm looking at feel very similar to what they had worked out ish um i will go through the cruiser system ones in a moment but how about we get to your ship first yes because I, I, I am mostly happy about this. I, I, I am 95% happy about this. Are you ready? It is the Shaltari yes. Selenium. So it's the stuff that's in uh, Head and Shoulders that killed the aliens in Evolution. Uh, it is a heavy void gate. Yay! Um, no, this is actually a really great thing. So it has a scan of 14. It has a signature of 316. Shields up, shields down. Thrust of six, so it is much slower than the standard void gate. But it has four hull instead of three. Has armor of four up, four up. Has a point defense of six. Groups of one to two. Tonnage is light. 
It has atmospheric monitor void gate two. So it does not have the open special rule. So if you got a group of two, they're going together. Um, I would have liked to have seen void gate three to give it more of the, a bulk lander type option that the other factions have. But I'm, 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 I'm pretty happy with void gate two. What I'm really actually happy about here is defense array, lock a four up, attack a four, one damage, front side rear, escape velocity. So the isn't, isn't escape velocity the rule that that I hated, you sh- where you just you destroy shoot, everything? You shoot from atmospheric up to the next orbital layer without penalty. Oh, I was thinking it was the one where you destroy the bulk landers on the way down. No, 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 no. That's the uh, that's the uh, uh, defense array, I think, or something like that. I uh, I would hope to God that that's still this this uh, ship still has that ability because it can go atmospheric and it's uh, it has the charged air still of a six up. Oh, so the lock is actually worse than on the regular void gate, but it has three attacks instead of one, one damage air to air close action. So I see this as something that you would be placing in the most vulnerable parts of your chain. Yes. Yeah. The, the this would be the link to the chain. Yeah. So, um, as opposed to it being, you wouldn't want it at the end because then if it's going to get taken out, it's still going to get taken out. But you want it at that. You want it in those those critical points. It does have one more hull on it than normal. It has a better armor save, um, and with that escape velocity, it can take out uh, strike carriers coming in if it can get there fast enough. It can take out. It can shoot at other stuff coming into uh, the area that's in low orbit with that escape velocity. This is unless uh, I no yeah this is the only Shaltari ship that has escape velocity. It's the one thing that the Shaltari have been missing is something with escape velocity. Yeah. Um, it's, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how this affects the meta. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Right. So, I mean, I could see why they gave it void gate two without the open special rule. So you're going to yeah, have I'm two sorry, there, so a total of four. That would have been too much. So, it would have been too much if they did that. Yeah. If it was void gate three and open, uh, you'd have to charge 50 points for it. I would still pay 50 points for that void gate though. So <laughs> um, I, would right. pay, I would pay a hundred bucks. I would pay a hundred points to not let you ever have. <laughs> I would argue that if you was to have given them that, uh, that they would almost never lose. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like I said, there's a reason why there's play testing. Yeah. And all the stuff, I don't think we got anything. Um, Wait, here we go. Here's something. Um, hard points, elite bridge crew. Um, no, I see. I'm looking to see if I could find uh, anything about the um, a blade of fall armor, which I I don't. So, no, I, I actually looked through my hard drive. I thought I might have still had the rules, but it looks like I've gotten rid of it. So yeah. Um, overall, uh, I like the resistance. I like uh, I like the monitors. I, I think those are really good. Yeah. Um, overall, I th- I'm pretty happy with uh, the the ship uh, the ships that have been added. 
I, I really like that first uh, PHR monitor we talked about. I thought that thing looked really cool, and ooh, it's got some guns on it. For its size and point cost, I mean. Yeah, I'm really liking what we've seen. Um, I just thought of another place I might be able to find that. I might have found it. Nope. It was just um, I found something that was about the Centurions, but it was um, one of our original discussions on the matter. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait when the book arrives. So we've been reading these from snippets that were shown to us from David, who was lucky enough to attend the UK Gaming Expo. Uh, David, I'm still extremely jealous, and I hate you forever, uh, but I love you for sending us Snapchats of, not Snapchats, uh, snaps of the pages that we really wanted to discuss. Uh, He had actually reached out to the Hot LZ, which is no longer active, um, he knows that I was going to share that information on getting tabled. Um, and we are very, very grateful that he shared that information with us so that we could discuss it a little earlier. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, again, thank you for that. And, uh, I think we should start wrapping up here cause, uh, we're, we're starting to run a little long, but that's what happens when uh, new cool stuff that we're really excited about is released. Uh, we do not have a yanking the Bruce. Uh, my real life has been, uh, for a lack of better words, ridiculously stupid crazy. So uh, you do have an upcoming event because I still have not made a bumper for that because busy. Um, upcoming event is just very, very simple. Um, people within Melbourne are meeting at the House of War for both Drop Fleet and Drop Zone Commander. If you are in our area and would like to arrange to meet up with people, either reach out to myself or uh, put a post out on the Oceanic Drop Zone Drop Fleet Commander Group uh, and one of us from the group will reach out to you and help organise something. We haven't set an official day at this stage and for those that aren't don't know, I'm on a rotating roster so there is no day of the week that's always going to be good for me. Uh, but I have said that I will come along to these things when they meet up with when my – the next couple of weeks is actually pretty good for me, but um, I will not be there tomorrow. Sorry, I'm not there today because I'm unfortunately working this afternoon. Uh, but we are getting together. It looks like it's going to be at least fortnightly. So there is actually – and it most of it's going to be happening at the House of Warren Ringwood. Uh, there is – other people out in the western suburbs, if you would like to arrange a meet out that way, but the people in the western suburbs have not put their finger on which store they're going to at this point. Uh, Justin can come to House of War, but it's a little bit far, so he can't come on a regular basis. Uh, but I know he's not the only one out that way. So things are definitely happening. Uh, just on a very quick note, In our next episode, I'm going to try and have a discussion about toxic gaming habits and what you can do to try to avoid them. If you have things that really frustrate you in your local meta or types of attitude that you would like to discuss, reach out to us. Um, And let's try to make all of our gaming places more positive experience for everybody. Until then, you can find us on Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com slash gettingtabled, right? It's been a while since we've done this. The website yes. is gettingtabled.weebly.com. Correct. 
And then you can email us at gettingtabled at gmail.com. Yes. And I, oh, uh, Twitter at gettingtabled. Yep. And I, I think that's it. I don't think we've done anything else because we, there's still so much we have to do. And, and real life has just been, yeah. Kicking my butt. I mean, the last time when I helped set up getting uh, the Hot LZ, I was self-employed, working when I needed to work or wanted to work, and had gobs of hours to do it. Now, yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, so we're making it work as best we can. Um, Patreon is still something that will be coming but hasn't at this point. Uh, we're still trying to grow our audience. Uh, um, look, if you guys are enjoying listening to us, please share us around. Uh, give us a like. Um, one of the goals that we have is to add video content to this. So that is something we would definitely like to be able to build towards as the community grows. Uh, but get in touch, keep listening and share us around until next time. Play more games. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org.